You're listening to episode 107 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. Notebooks out, folks, because this one is going to de-stress you as you, at the same time, figure out how to earn more money. And I think that is going to appeal to everyone listening in, and you're not going to want to miss a single morsel of today's episode. So when I heard about this woman out there teaching this concept that was completely foreign to me about how to have a stress-free launch. I felt like she must have been going a little heavy on the wine because those two words to me, they were like an oxymoron, stress-free and launch. But it's a real thing. And I learned about it today. Tasha Booth, she was a, a virtual assistant and she saw the pitfalls and the mistakes that entrepreneurs were making in launching that led to more stress and lower ROIs. So she really went all in on creating this process that she ultimately created an agency to teach people how to launch really well with a lot less stress and a bigger ROI. And that's why she created the Launch Guild. And now she walks people through product and offer launch strategies that build the right runway length for launches and the must-dos behind cart open time and even what to do after the cart closes. So today... We're really breaking down her framework, her framework for launching, how much time you should be giving yourself to do it, where you need to show up, your content strategy behind a launch, whether you should hire a team, what to do to maximize the time that your cart is open, and what you're probably not yet doing that you should be doing when the cart closes that can ultimately lead to bigger growth in your business. I don't know what else to say besides this episode is gold. It is right to the point you are going to love it. And Tasha has created this amazing gift just for our audience. So be sure to go to to today's show notes to snag her six pillars of a successful course launch plan. Okay, guys, I don't want to wait any longer. Let's get to the show. Tasha, I am so ready to pick your brain for today's topic of having stress-free launches since we're gearing up for another launch ourselves. But first, you got to tell us more about you. I know a little bit about your story, but uh, we're always down for good how the entrepreneur came to be story. (laughs) Well, my story kind of has a lot of twists and turns. So first of all, let me say, I'm so excited to talk to you too. So thank you for having me. Um, My degree is actually in musical theater. So completely unrelated to what I'm currently doing, but I think in a lot of ways it it prepared me for what I'm currently doing because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we get a lot of no's, we have to be in front of people and everything. And so 
there's all those pieces to it. But I kind of started um, as a blogger a few years back and quickly kind of from my blog found my way into being a virtual assistant for people just because I was really loving what I was learning as a blogger and the systems that I was learning and everything. And it kind of just become became a natural progression to start helping people with their own things as a VA. One of the limitations that I found really quickly was the fact that I could not be a jack of all trades, right? And so um, a lot of my clients needed landing pages or Facebook ad management or editing and all of these things that I didn't know about, nor did I want to learn and try to be a unicorn with. So that's kind of how my agency came to be and that we wanted to be able to pivot with our clients. And as our clients grew, we wanted to be able to grow with them and support them. And so now at 20 people strong, my agency is able to do that because we've got literally anybody that they need for online digital marketing implementation. Oh, that is so awesome. So starting out as a virtual assistant, I'm sure you saw a lot of clients through launches, even if you weren't doing all the different things. So I'm curious in that experience, what were some of the patterns or struggles that you were seeing them face, you know, in going into launches specifically? Yeah, I think mainly it was not giving themselves enough time to properly prepare for launches. So that meant that they ended up uh, going into their launch week stressed out, not having yep. slept enough, right? <laughs> Spending way too much time on writing emails for the next day and everything, which also stressed their team out. So nobody was coming with their A game by the time they actually got to launch week. So that was probably um, the biggest thing that I saw. And the other piece of it was probably just not preparing their audience enough ahead of time, which once again mm -hmm. is a planning thing or is a time thing. But I always liken it to that uncle that only comes around when he needs money, right? Nobody, everybody has that relative or friend and nobody likes that person, right? Because right. every time they show up, you know, at your door, you're like, oh, they need something, right? So we don't want to be that for our audience in terms of only showing up when we're ready to pitch them something. Um, and I think a lot of people go into that with really cold audiences that they haven't been uh, really nurturing throughout the year. And so their audience is like, who are you <laughs> by the time they're ready to launch? I know that people listening, myself included, are sitting here <laughs> thinking like, okay, she's totally talking about me. So let's like walk me through some of the strategy behind a killer launch, because I have to be totally transparent here. I have never experienced a stress-free launch, like, that, uh. that concept, <laughs> like titling this episode, stress-free launching. Like I always feel like there's so much to do and things can really get easily missed. And there are so many moving parts to a successful launch. You have social content, you have other content, you've got opt-ins, nurturing your list, growing your list, sales pages, thank you pages. Like they're just a lot of moving pieces. So if you can make this less stressful for me, I will literally fly <laughs> to you post quarantine to hug you because I need to know what, what the strategy is. So walk us through give us all the wisdom. Yeah. So the strategy starts with figuring out your plan like months in advance, right? So if you give yourself more time, more time is always better than less time. So the more time you can give yourself, the better. We like to start our clients at least 12 weeks mm -hmm. out, if not 16 weeks out is, is the sweet spot for us. We'll go as, as few as eight weeks, but I don't feel good with eight weeks. <laughs> so okay. what that means is we start with a really good launch plan. 
And that launch project plan should be somewhere like in Asana or Trello or ClickUp, wherever. But it's, it's basically the hub for you and your team members, if you have them or whoever's helping to support you on your launch, or even if it's just you, there should still be a project plan because that's where we're going to put all of those minute details in terms of let's look at the big picture for each piece. So we've got sections in our project plan for like the webinar, you know, for social media, for uploading the course, for emails, all of those are different sections. And then we're going to take those sections and break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces. So what do we need to decide about the webinar? We need to decide on the dates, right? We need to create the links to the webinar. We need to create the copy for the registration page, all of those things. So what I like to do is if I'm starting that four months out, that gives me a good two weeks to four weeks to just work on that project plan. And I like to leave it and come back to it because nine times out of 10, I will have forgotten one thing that's like, oh, I forgot. I also want to, you know, add a deadline funnel. So add a timer at the top of my page or something. So I mm-hmm. need to remember to create the, the timer. So if, when you can take a step back, look at it and then refine the plan, that is so super helpful to, to start. And is it a different timeline for people who are uh, launching to a smaller audience or a smaller list? Like do you have to build in time to build that list or to have more opt-ins or things like that? Yeah. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely a need to create a longer timeline for that piece. And I would actually section that out into, you know, nurturing audience. So what content are you going to want to create? Um, to kind of start that process. So in that nurturing audience section, you might have like the podcast episodes that you want to build out, right? That you want to record for that. You might have blog posts that you want to do for that. And all of that content, the great thing about it is that those pieces can all be batched. So maybe that's what you're hitting at like your four month mark so that that's already scheduled and out of the way when you're starting to do more intricate things like writing the launch emails and everything that takes just a lot of time and really focused attention. Mm, I like that a lot because then you're really considering the content you're putting out, but you have it banked and ready, like locked and loaded versus like you're coming up and you're like, crap, next week we should really be talking about, you know, why you should be buying a course on our podcast, but we don't even have it recorded or edited yet. So it's a lot less stressful. Yeah. Okay. Gonna have to get better at that. (laughs) Okay. So can we talk about like the pre, I don't know what you might call it, but like the pre-launch phase. So like obviously cart's not open yet. You're maybe like a month to two weeks out from the actual cart open. What should be the focal points of how you're like seeding what you're launching? Mm-hmm. So I call that the launch runway and that's part of the launch runway, but yeah, it's, um, it can be, you know, those, those weeks leading up to your launch and you really want to think about what are the questions that my ideal client needs answered before this is an absolute yes for them. So I'll give you an example. Um, I have a course um, called Built to Profit for new and aspiring virtual assistants, right? So one of the things, or there's several things that they are kind of like wrestling with. One of those things is how do I balance a nine to five and a family with starting a new business? So if Mm -hmm. that's a question that I can answer before they hit the sales page, I've already eliminated an objection for them, right? Um, If I can answer for them, like, what are some things that I could possibly do as a virtual assistant, right? I have an opt-in that specifically speaks to that and gives them like 50 different things that they could offer or 50 different services that they can offer as a virtual assistant. So we're always trying to answer, we're trying to get them from where they are to where they need to be in order to be a yes to our course or 
or program or whatever we're offering. So I think looking at that and seeing like, okay, maybe if you haven't done a launch before, it can be, what are just some questions that your audience comes up with? You know, like, what do they email you about? What do they have questions with when you go live on Facebook or on your social media or whatever? If you've done a launch before, it's even better because you already have those kinds of objections and questions that people have have asked in the past. And you can kind of use those as the fuel for your content leading up to it. So it's really about showing up and kind of prepping your audience right beforehand to be really prepared and really ready. I also actually like to let my audience know beforehand that the thing is coming, right? So Mm -hmm. they start getting excited. I can a lot of times get people on the wait list and get really excited for the cart to be opening. And also I think it's helpful, especially in some audiences, just to give people time to get like their pocketbooks ready, right? So if you know, like, yeah, if you know that like this course is coming up, then maybe they're, they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to buy, you know, buy other things. And so if, if you're like, Hey, I have a course coming out May 15th or whenever the case may be, maybe they're going to start planning economically for that course launch um, so that they're ready to say yes. So I think doing it from those different perspectives or ways of doing it really helps to prime your audience. Definitely. Let me digress for a second, because I know this is going to speak to you. I feel like I get what's happening in your head because it was happening to me years ago when I was at this point in my business. And I remember thinking, imagine if I could wake up and just have the clarity of who I serve, like I could know spot on what I do, what offers I should be creating, how to get people on my list, how to create the proper marketing to draw the right people in that are primed to buy, how to scale my impact, scale my income, and create more freedom of time. Would that sit well with you? Like imagine being able to create these simple systems and strategies that take you out of the stage of trading time for money, where you have to be grinding in order to be earning anything and you're kind of capped in your potential into a business where you can literally and ethically earn in your sleep. And the thing is that people don't realize is that is not light years away. It is a pivot away. It is a decision away. And it won't just change your business. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. I've been in the game doing this, helping entrepreneurs make that shift from hustle to strong, scalable business models. So they have fruitful businesses that generate a growing, life-changing income, make this massive impact that they're just dying to make. And they do it in a way that allows them to be present in their lives, present with the people that they love, more freedom of time. And I know you think you don't have time to pivot. I know you feel like you don't have those next steps yet or know exactly how to scale your brand or you're hearing messages from here and there and this podcast and this speaker and this guru and this course and it's confusing and I understand that. And I know if you're like me five years ago, feeling completely stuck in the grind, totally exhausted, but I still had this hope in me that I was going to get there eventually, not realizing that if I didn't make the pivot, it would never happen. And then the doubt would creep in And then I thought, maybe I don't have what they have. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe people just don't connect with me or my message. Or there are too many other people like me doing what I want to be doing, but they're doing it better already and they have more of a following and they're just going to make it happen and I can't. But that is literally the narrative that is the wall between you today and the you that achieves those things that you want more than anything, the dreams. You're closer than you think. I have been getting asked for a while now. How can I get access to your framework 
of how you help your people scale their businesses? How can I get access to what you're teaching your mastermind students? You're teaching your high-level one-on-one mentees that you're walking through from nothing business to six figures to seven figures. Like, I need to do that, but I can't just step into this with you right now. So it's time. I am so excited. Thanks to you pushing me and holding me accountable to to making that impact on more people, I'm helping you shift from struggling entrepreneur to scaling CEO. You've been asking, and it's literally why my team and I created the Scaling Up Your Business course. It's the curriculum I teach. It's the framework that takes you from that stage of struggling entrepreneur all the way through this process so you come out with the transformation of scaling CEO confident, clear, laser focused, and creating offers that sell. I've seen this make such an impact on my clients and I couldn't keep it just for us anymore. So it's coming. And because you're one of my insiders, you're one of my listeners, you can get early access and a special bonus. If you go to the link, elizabethhartke.com forward slash scaling up waitlist. That's elizabethhartke.com forward slash scaling up waitlist. And those who buy from the waitlist get a special bonus. And it hasn't launched quite yet, but it's coming oh so soon. And you don't want to miss the opportunity and the unbelievable bonuses that you will get limited time access to as one of my listeners. So go to elizabethhartke.com forward slash scaling up waitlist. You can live as a struggling entrepreneur. You can do okay. Or you can be a scaling CEO scaled up, crushing it, more income, more impact, more freedom of time, more fulfillment in the process. Let's do it. So when you're seeding the upcoming launch and you're kind of in this runway phase, have you seen different, I mean, this is a big part of content strategy, right? It's like Mm -hmm. how you're putting out what you're putting out. Can we talk through that a little bit? Like, where do you see the biggest ROI on where you're putting this content? Is there a specific like social media strategy you should have? Is this like being in a pop-up Facebook group? Is it on your stories, lives, ads? You know, where is this content going and best serving this runway process? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So the the short answer is everywhere and yes. (laughs) But uh, the longer answer is wherever you feel the most confident in showing up right? Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany Koa, who has the marketing personalities um, quiz and everything. I love her content about around like marketing just in general. And, and she often says, when you feel good, your audience feels good. And I always like remember that. And I love it because it's totally true. So if you feel really great on video, then start doing maybe a weekly Facebook live, you know, the month or eight weeks leading up to your launch. And then right before your launch, like right before your first webinar, if you're going to do a webinar, maybe that becomes a daily Facebook live and it doesn't have to be long. It can be five or 10 minutes, but just giving them one tip and then starting to invite them to that webinar that's coming up. Right. So once again, you're pulling in more people in your audience. I also think that a lot of your content leading up to that, that webinar or the, whatever your course launch open is going to be should really have an opt-in so that you're getting people on your list and you're making sure that you can capitalize on their attention and capitalize on that audience. So making sure that there is a focused call to action in not every single piece of your social media, like some of it should still just be value driven and everything, but at least two to three times a week in that 
16 or 12 week mark, it should really be a strong call to action, you know, towards an opt-in that once again, meets them where they're at to get them where you need them to be to say yes. And then you can further that, like as we get closer to the webinar and everything, we start inviting them onto the wait list. We start inviting them to the webinar that week before if we're doing some Facebook lives daily or Instagram stories or any of those things to get them, you know, on our list. That's a super key par uh, part of it as well. So you brought up webinars a few times. Do you feel like that is a quintessential piece of a launch? Like everybody should be doing webinars or is that just one option? It is one option, but I really love it as an option because there it's such a great way for people get to get to know you and get mm -hmm. to just learn from you and figure out what is your unique take on this content, right? Because there's nothing new under the sun. It's like how, how we uniquely teach it. And so when you're able to get people in front of you to say like, here's how I'm going to teach this to you, I think that that's so strong and so valuable. And I think also depending on price point is when I usually decide on like, is it just a webinar where it's like an hour, an hour and a half, or does it need to be a challenge where, you know, people like there's a pop-up Facebook group and there's multiple days of content and those sorts of things. I think as you get into more of a premium price point, people kind of need to be even more warmed up to you. And so maybe a few days of seeing you and hearing you and learning from you may be a better strategy. Yeah, that's a great point because I can, I think of all the different programs that I've bought at different price points when something's at a lower price point, like under 500 bucks, I don't feel like I need all the touch points, but when something's above a thousand, you know, you can rest assured I need like a few videos and some of my yeah. questions answered before I make that investment. So I just want to get your thoughts on, mm -hmm. and kind of also just like market research, like what you see with your clients are most people running ads or do you run launches with no paid ads? Yeah. So we run some launches with no paid ads. Most of the launches that we do at this point, we run with paid ads and ads are going to amplify what's already going well and the work that you've already done. So I don't usually recommend ads for people's first launch. I suggest that they make it as lean of a launch as possible and kind of a beta of the launch. So the goal in that first launch is to really get people in the doors, to get really great feedback, to gain some testimonials, and to start that momentum gearing in for the second, third, fourth launch, right? I think also mm -hmm. we'll just talk about for a second one of the other things that people do wrong is like, if it's not gangbusters right out the gate, that first launch, they haven't made 10000 or $100,000. They're like, oh, that didn't work. And then they go back to the drawing board instead of being like, okay, I'm going to double down. I'm going to you know, get some testimonials, get feedback from the people that are already in there, make it even better, and then launch it again and launch it again and again. Um, so, but going back to your original question, I think looking at using your your primary audience and starting there for your first launch is usually a better and more cost-effective strategy, especially if you have a smaller audience, rather than putting ad dollars into something that, number one, you're not really sure it's not, not a validated product yet, so you're not even sure if anybody's going to buy it. And then number two, because you don't have testimonials and everything, the ROI on using, using Facebook ads the first time out usually doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. And I think a mistake I see people make a lot or some of my clients have made is that they think of, okay, I'm going into a launch. They usually don't have as big of a runway as you're talking about. They're not mm -hmm. working with a four month time period. They might be like working with like a two month time period. And they're like, I've got to run some ads and they're running ads 
to what they're launching oh, yeah. or they're running ads <laughs> to the webinar versus I think there's more value if you're going to run ads of running ads in the off season when mm-hmm. you're not launching to grow your list absolutely and run to opt-ins and things that your audience really wants. And then you have a more robust list come launch time and to help those conversions in, in email versus like part of your launch strategy being like hitting ads really hard to a kind of cold audience to a paid product. It's a lot less ROI. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. We do a lot of that um, internally and also with our clients, but like I had my last big launch, I guess it was like a month and a half, almost two months ago. And so my next one isn't until like late September, early October. And so I told my team, okay, our goal in the off season, quote unquote, is to double our list size, right? Because all of the people that are currently on my list, they, they all went through that launch, right? They either want it or they don't. And so if I were to just have that same list size and those same people on the list for next time, I wouldn't get as, as good of a return on my investment or as good of an outcome as I did this time because a lot of people are now in that course or whatever the case may be. So you always need fresh eyes on your content, number one. And then number two, when it comes to Facebook ads, um, retargeting is your friend. So what that means in terms of Facebook ads is that we are hardly ever, ever sending cold traffic to a paid thing. We're starting with engagement ads um, to get to warm, you know, that cold traffic up and to see if they're even interested in like our products or, or our stuff, our content at all. So once they have shown an interest in our content by maybe clicking on a blog post ad or clicking on a podcast ad or something, then we're sending them opt-in ads, right? We're, we're saying like, here, take the next step. Once they've shown interest in that, then they become a warm lead. And then we start sending them our webinar ads. Then we start sending them our, our launch ads and stuff for our paid product. But to, yeah, it's, it's definitely the most expensive route to just send them, send cold traffic who's never met you. And you're just another face on, you know, on the internet to be like, here, buy my thing (laughs) that hardly ever works. (laughs) So when you're crafting your kind of your launch team, I know there are going to be some people listening who are like, I want to outsource pretty much every step of this process. There are going to be other people who are saying like, I'm a solo show. This is my first launch. I can't really afford to bring people on kind of a multi-part question. Should you consider bringing on a team or outsourcing certain things? And if so, what's kind of the order of importance so that people listening who maybe are on a budget or having to do it themselves, like, okay, I can't afford to bring on everybody that Mm Tasha is recommending, but I can bring on the first person she said, like I could get the copywriter, I could get the Facebook ad strategist, I could get, you know, the the community manager, whatever the things you might recommend. Yeah. So I totally get that, you know, having all the people as, as awesome as it is when that can happen, it is budget restricting, especially when you're, when it's your first launch. So when it's your first launch, once again, I definitely suggest that you do it more on a shoestring budget as much as you can. But I have also seen so many people who have amazing course ideas sit on it for months, if not years, because they can't get over one of the humps, right? So they can't figure out the tech and so they don't launch their course or the copywriting feels overwhelming and so they don't launch the course. So my suggestion would be that first person on your team to help you with your launch needs to be whatever the, your personal deficit is, needs to be whatever is stopping you, preventing you from you know, moving forward. So for a lot of people, that is the copy because 
there's a lot of emails, there's a sales page, you know, there's the whole psychology of a sales page. Like those are really important key factors in your launch. And so you want to nail them. Um, so my suggestion would be a copywriter. If that, like, if that is your hump, if you love writing content and everything, maybe you don't need a copywriter. My other suggestion would be somebody who can do like implementation pieces. So as mm -hmm. you're, and that would be like a virtual assistant, preferably a tech VA who's got some really awesome tech skills and can just go in there and set things up and create, you know, the tagging system, the segmentation, like all the things that you need on the back end. Um, so those would be kind of my two key suggestions. And then my third one, and this is not necessarily that you need all these three people in your first launch, but if you know yourself and know that you are not a very organized person and that you kind of need somebody to push you along, project manager may be that person because they can be the person to come in and create that first project plan, create that initial project plan, assign people, whether it be you or another team member or whatever, due dates to things, and then also help you in following up with yourself on, you know, on um, making sure that that actually gets done. So sometimes that little boost of somebody else pushing you forward will make sure it's actually done. I think for big picture thinkers like me or the visionary thinkers that aren't detail oriented, the project manager is golden because for me, the thought of, you know, like I was a copywriter in mm -hmm. my past life when I worked in corporate. <laughs> so I have that skill set. However, as a big thinker and a big picture thinker, I struggle with like, well, what do I have to write the copy for? And what do we need? And what are all the different moving pieces? But now I have an operations director, project manager. They say, okay, first we need the copy for this. Okay, write the email sequence for this. Now we need the thank you page. Now we need the sales page. So it allows me to do what I already have the skill set in, in the order that it needs to be done and ensure that it's getting checked off the list. So you kind of just have like, to your point, kind of know where your weak spots are, yeah. your blind spots are and, and fill them appropriately. And also know if it truly is like a, I can't afford, I don't have a penny to put to anyone else. You can do it on your own. You just you're going to have more work on your plate and you might need a bigger runway and mm -hmm. you might, you know, need to figure out how you're going to get organized. And so that you don't run into the struggle that I see so many people bump into that you mentioned already, which is I have all these working pieces and I'm bumping into this one, usually it's tech, you know, yeah. hold up. Right. Yeah. And, and not bringing it to market because of that. So thank you for kind of breaking that down. Okay. Yeah, so absolutely. we get to the, the end of the runway and we we're getting into the cart open phase. What does that look like? Walk us through what, <laughs> what, what you would be right. Like if you were coaching me during a launch, we're getting to cart open, like we're, you know, day of doors are opening. Now what? So here's where the stress-free part comes in, right? Oh, tell me everything. I know because in the world that I exist in and that we try to exist in for our clients, everything is done. All of the emails are scheduled. The social media is scheduled a week before, right? Everything has been tested a week before car opens. So that means that if we have any last minute emergencies, it's not really last minute. We've got a week to figure it out. So by the time we get to our actual launch and, and doors open, I want you to just be able to show up in all of your amazingness every single day. I want you to get a good night's sleep. I want you to eat breakfast, do whatever you need to do to be able to show up for your audience really well and fully. And so that for me and for our clients has meant that they don't have to think about anything else. They don't have to think about 
writing another email or checking anything else off their list other than showing up for their Facebook lives, hang out on an Instagram stories, you know, answering some questions in DMs, maybe doing some Bonjoro videos, like whatever we've decided is going to be the strategy in terms of how they show up. That's what, that's what it is or what it should feel like during launch week. Hmm, that sounds incredibly <laughs> Yeah. And I will say like my first ever launch was not at all like this. You know, it was, right. it was the hectic thing that we all feel like is the norm, but I just want you to know that like, it doesn't have to be that way. There, there have been so many of our launches that have not gone that way where it's just like people get to show up and really enjoy their launch. Yeah, absolutely. So talk post-launch, like any, aside from like clinking glasses and spraying <laughs> champagne, is there anything that, do, should people just like totally take a break post-launch? Like what is something that maybe people are missing after the cart closes that they should be doing? Yeah. So there's a couple things and I'm glad you pointed out the celebration piece. Cause I think a lot of type A personalities and Enneagram threes, which I'm raising my hand cause I'm both. <laughs> yes. Uh, we forget to celebrate, right? We're on to the next thing yeah. and we're like, how can I make it better for next time? Right? So no matter if one person bought or a thousand people bought, I want you to celebrate the fact that like you did it and that, that in and of itself is a success. And then after you get through that, I know that I'm a person who needs a week off afterwards. <laughs> um, usually I like to take the week off or if I can't take the full week, I'll just try to make my schedule as, as minimal as possible. But mm -hmm. I also want to be loving on all of my new students that have you know just invested in me um, through my course. So you want to make sure that you're still there for your students. If you're going to be off in a way, make sure you have a community manager or something so that your students feel loved on as they're first coming into the doors. And then here's the other important part. Don't go and vanish from that list of people that didn't buy. I see so many yes. people do that. And then like nobody hears from them again for another four months when they're ready to launch again, right? And then we have this awful cycle. So I want you to send an email and just thank, thank your email list for still being a part of your list after a launch because there are a lot of emails that are sent and everything. So even if they didn't buy, just thank them for it. Sometimes I have clients that do like a little extra opt-in bonus for their, you know, something, especially for their list or something, but just make them feel special whether they bought or whether they, they didn't buy. Mm, that's a great point. Yeah. Oh, can I, I add one more thing? Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah. Then the other thing that you want to do is go through a launch debrief. So we do this both as a team and then also with our clients afterwards. And a launch debrief is just being really honest about what went well, what didn't go well, what were all of our you know, rates of return on our investments and those sorts of things, and what do we want to keep for next time, and we, what do we want to change for next time. So we're looking at things like open rates, we're looking at things like uh, click-through rates on the sales page. All of those little tiny pieces are what we're looking at. Um, you know, did all of the tech work? If there were tech issues, what were they? Do we need to think about switching to a different system for next time? Or was it just, you know, a glitch in the matrix kind of thing? So definitely want to do that. And you want to do that within like the first 10 days while everything is still fresh in your mind from that launch. Um, and then you can like kind of wrap it up and put it away. <laughs> Since I think a lot of people resonate with stories, I know that in doing this incorrectly, 
entrepreneurs are leaving a lot on the table mm -hmm. financially, their sanity, like all the things. So can you just give us a little glimpse into some, like a success story or two that you've seen them implement the strategy and it's like, they've gone from like a crap launch to something spectacular or, or just experiencing like that concept that is still foreign to me of a stress-free launch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we had a client recently. Um, she, it was her, it was her relaunch of, of a course um, that she was moving from a membership to a course model. So that was kind of the first move. We were also moving her to a new platform. So that was kind of the second big thing. But one of the things that she had done really well in between her first and her second launch was nurturing her audience. So by the time we got to that second launch, though, like her students were basically banging down the door, like primed and ready, right? And uh, we already had all of her emails scheduled, everything. She was really, really great during that launch process about implementing all of the things that we suggested and also making tweaks and changes as they came up. Now, one of the things that I want to point out that this wasn't entirely a stress-free launch because we had an issue with her webinar tech. But what was great about it was the fact that because like everything else was already done and prepped and planned already, we were able to just singularly focus on that issue in that moment and then know that everything else was already taken care of and move on to the next thing. And she ended up, I think that first round of launch and like, I think her first time she did the membership, she made like $30,000 or something. This round, she made almost $200,000 in this wow. launch. Yeah. And so it was just such a night and day difference in terms of like, she felt like she was able to really show up, you know, and, and be fully there and everything. Um, so I think that that's one, a really great example. Also, we had a client who she's a DUI attorney who has a course on teaching other DUI attorneys how to prep for court cases, <laughs> which I think is a really cool <laughs> course idea. It is. Uh, yeah. Um, and she hired us because she was like, I know law. I don't know course launches. Right. Um, and she had a really great understanding of this is my first launch. And so I'm just number one, going to do what you guys tell, tell me to do. But number two, I'm going to understand that like, this is not my final outcome. Like if I get six people, I'll be happy, you know? And she was just able to show up in her webinars, already have everything scheduled. Still, she had to work, you know, at her law, law firm during the day and everything, but she was able to just like completely show up and do her thing. And it was because she had taken the time to do the work ahead of schedule so that her webinars and showing up on, on Instagram stories and everything were the only thing that she had to do. Wow. Yeah. That, like I said, that sounds like a little <laughs> vacation. Sounds like a dream. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I have to tell you, Tasha, this is like giving me incredible hope and uh, excitement about upcoming launches for us and our team. And you really did a beautiful job of just breaking it down and giving us kind of the, the big picture view of that whole process. Uh, and I think knowing that if we give ourselves that bigger window potentially bring on the right team to, to kind of help through the process or the right outsourcing. It really can be something that doesn't have to feel like you're going gray and losing years off your life, which has been, <laughs> you know, previous experiences of mine. So uh, thank you so much for sharing those steps and the process that you have. And I want to make sure that our audience can come easily find you. So where are the best places to come hunt you down? Yeah. So you can find all my info at thelaunchguild.com. And I hang out on Instagram all the time. I actually have two websites. So the other one is TashaBooth.com. That's for like my coaching and course side of things. 
but I do hang out on my Tasha booth doc or Tasha booth Instagram a lot more than my, my launch guild one. So the handle for the Instagram one is the Tasha booth. Um, and you can find me there and I, I dance all the time on my Instagram stories. So it's fun. It's a fun time. <laughs> That's worth it in itself. So thank you so much. This was amazing. And I can't wait to continue learning from you. This is so great. Thanks. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.